Hello, my name is Chris Kreitcho, and this is the New Rust Asian Podcast, a show about learning the Rust programming language. This is Crates You Should Know. Rail. One of the major promises of Rust, you can even see it on the homepage, is that it can do threads without data races. For anyone who's ever done multi-threaded work in most conventional programming languages, that sounds almost too good to be true. In fact, the only approaches which have proven capable of solving this problem effectively, well, actually, I can only think of one, and that's the Erlang model. No shared data, let things fail hard. The only other option is to try really, really hard to be really, really careful. And as usual, with programming, that be really, really careful approach tends not to work out all that well in practice. As hard as you try, Inevitably, you end up with two different threads trying to access shared memory at the same time and things go badly. You end up with races or deadlocks or all sorts of things. One solution to this problem in other contexts has been pure functional programming, where you lean on persistent data structure implementations to make that approach as ergonomic and workable as you can. But it's difficult to apply those solutions in the space where Rust is playing, high performance, deterministic memory behavior, etc., As usual, though, Rust's approach to ownership as a fundamental tool and paradigm gives us something kind of like superpowers, and Rayon makes those superpowers easy for everyone to use. Rayon is a crate for doing safe, multi-threaded data processing, but it's actually two distinct APIs, and you'll choose between those depending on what exactly you're doing. Following the crate's own readme and documentation, I'm going to describe those as the Parallel Iterators API and the Join API. And using them, either way, is quite straightforward. My props to Nico Matsakis for his design of this library, which I quite like. We'll start with the Parallel Iterators API, which is incredibly straightforward to use if you've used any of Rust's built-in iterator APIs. It's basically the same API with one important modification, in fact. You use one of the new trait methods that Rayon supplies, pair iter, or pair iter mute. Pair is P-A-R, like the beginning of the word parallel. And you can use those methods to take an existing type, which can be converted to an iterator using the iter or iter mute methods, and turn it into a parallel iterator instead. As is conventional in Rust, the mute suffix there on the default name, so pair iter, or in the base case, iter, turns into pair iter mute, or iter mute in the base case, to give you a mutable parallel iterator. In the base case, it's just a mutable iterator, instead of the default immutable parallel, or in the base case, regular iterators. Given my constant use of the words parallel iterator in the last few sentences, It's probably not a surprise to you that Rayon's main trait is called, wait for it, Parallel Iterator. It provides most of the same functions as you find in standard iter iterator. There are a few that are not present in Rayon's Parallel Iterator trait, though, because they don't map across correctly. For example, the next method. It's pretty weird to try to think about what next would mean in the context of a parallel iterator as opposed to a a normal sequential iterator. In your normal sequential iterator, it's always clear what the next item is. But in the parallel case, sort of by definition, the next item depends on which thread is asking, and it doesn't have any definite meaning in the context of, say, something you've mapped over in a parallel way. 
On the other hand, Parallel Iterator also provides a few things that the standard iterator type doesn't provide, most notably ForEach and ForEachWith, which are methods basically designed to do side-effecting operations, which impact things outside the iterator itself. Unlike Map, which is designed to be pure, to have no side effects, only to touch things within the iterator. Now, of course, you can do side-effecting things with Map, but please don't do that. That is incredibly confusing. So... Parallel iterator lets you say, given each item in this iterator, I can use the dot for each method and have some side effect, but in a parallel safe way, unlike the for each loop. And for each with allows you to supply a specific initial value in it, which you can then apply in the context of each of those for each items, along with whichever element you're getting out of the iterator at that point. This is useful. It gives you an ability to do side effecting work in a data safe way, even though you're splitting it across threads. That's pretty neat. There are a number of traits which need to be in scope for all of this to work. In a future episode, I'll circle back around and talk a bit about that because the way different items and scopes interact is surprising. There's a lot to say there. In any case, Rayon uses a pattern you'll see in a number of libraries to make this much more ergonomic, a prelude. Importing this prelude automatically brings all the traits you need into scope. That's things like from parallel iterator and into parallel iterator and indexed parallel iterator and parallel string and parallel slice and of course parallel iterator itself. Once you have those all in scope, you'll be able to use the methods that are attached to them. This is one of the only times you should use a quote-unquote glob import that is pulling in everything in a given namespace without any qualification. You usually want to pull in a specific name, or in my style, more often a given module to work as a namespace of sorts to avoid clobbering other names in your own local scope. You can imagine having your own read function, for example, and not wanting Rust's standard IO read read method to conflict with it. But in the case of a prelude, or at least a well-designed prelude, the names which come in from that prelude are generally just things which you'll have problems with if you reuse anyway. And that's the case here. To most effectively use Rayon, then, you'll just include a declaration like this at the top of any module where you're using Rayon. Use Rayon colon colon prelude colon colon star. And once you've done that, everything will just work. You can call dot pair iter on any iterable item and be off to the races. Now, if you're curious about what exactly the prelude pulls in, I mentioned a bunch of the traits already, but docs.rs has you covered. The most important thing is that it does pull in that parallel iterator trait, which has to be used with the actual Rust use keyword like we just described before you can use it in the ordinary sense of the word. We'll talk more We'll talk more in the future about use and scoping, not least because there's an RFC looking to improve the ergonomics of that right now. If you're curious about that RFC, you should check out episode 10 of the Request for Explanation podcast, where Aaron Turon is on the show to talk about it. For our purposes right now, though, we just need to know that importing the Rayon prelude with that glob use does the trick. The other API Rayon provides is just a function, basically, a function called join. And this is what the Parallel Iterator API uses under the hood. Join takes two closures and treats them as targets to run in parallel with each other. 
Notably, however, they are not guaranteed to actually run in parallel with each other. Depending on the workload on your machine, a Rayon reserves the right to opt out and to run them sequentially. So it can actually be slightly slower to use Rayon and parallelize things via join rather than just doing things in sequence normally if all your CPUs are already busy. The overhead is low, but it exists. This is a big reason to use the Parallel Iterators API. They do use join under the covers, but they have a sensible fallback strategy for the times when you end up running in sequence instead of parallel, which drops that overhead. If you're using the join API directly and manually, you have to implement that fallback strategy. But the flip side of that is, if you do need every bit of control about how you want to manage your fallback to a sequential approach, join lets you do that. Using join is very simple from the API point of view, as in it's a simple API, but it does entail all of this greater complexity. To use join though, you simply define the two closures you're going to use and you call rayon colon colon join with the first closure as the first argument and the second closure as the second argument. Then rayon takes care of dispatching them. Again, in parallel if possible or in sequence if not. Now, with these nice APIs, Rust and Rayon together save you from data races and deadlocks. You'll never, using these APIs, end up in a spot where one thread wrote data right after the other but before a read happened, leading to bad results. And you'll never have two threads ending up blocking each other because they're waiting on each other to release resources the other one needs. The fact that we have explicit lifetime and ownership tracking as part of the type system makes it possible for Rayon to make that a firm guarantee. And hooray for that. However, there are important caveats here. One is that if the closures you use with the Rayon APIs themselves use lock-based approaches to concurrency rather than sort of normal lifetime and ownership-based approaches, you can still make deadlocks happen. So if you're using an RW lock, for example, directly in a closure, you can still cause a deadlock. Another caveat is that data races and deadlocks are not the only kinds of bugs you face when you're dealing with parallel computing. They're incredibly important not to have to deal with. It's nice to get rid of them. And in many ways, getting rid of them makes it easier to deal with the other kinds of errors. But you can still shoot yourself in the foot. For example, if you're using types with internal mutability. We talked a bit about some of these types back in episode 16. For now, suffice it to say that types like cell and ref cell can serve as immutable containers with mutable contents, and there are reasons you'd want this. But in the case that you're handing around an externally immutable but internally mutable object, that is where you can't change the external pointer but you can change the contents it's pointing to, you can very easily end up, again, in a very, very bad situation. Shared mutable state is the root of all evil, after all. There are ways around this, of course. If you have a case where you really need that, you can switch to atomic types, which only allow access to themselves in atomic, that is one-at-a-time, fashion. Or you can find another type which implements Rust's send thread safety trait, another future topic for the show. But those all have costs and trade-offs as well. For one thing, atomic types perform worse than non-atomic types because there's runtime bookkeeping associated with them. For another, it's still pretty easy to end up with bugs here, even if they're not data race bugs. Atomic data types are not like promise or future types. They don't have any sense of eventuality or locked sequence built into them. Trying to keep data synchronized across threads is still not easy. And then if you add in locking data structures to solve those problems, well, then you're back at the point of having locking data structures and you can have data locks. 
those caveats notwithstanding. Rayon is a really helpful tool for parallelization. For many cases, especially for those which are embarrassingly parallel, you can just swap Rayon's iterators in for the normal Rust iterators and get parallelization essentially for free. So if you haven't given it a spin, you should. Go find some place in your code base which might benefit from parallelism, and then use Rayon to parallelize your code safely. And probably speed it up quite a bit. It's kind of like magic. But it's actually not like magic because it's just part of the type system. And it's really fun to see. This is, after all, one of the great promises of Rust, so I encourage you to go check it out if you haven't. Thanks, as always, to this month's $10 or more sponsors. Anthony Deschamps, Chris Palmer, Ben Amesfabode, Dan Abrams, Daniel Collin, David W. Allen, Matt Rudder, Nathan Scully, Nick Stevens, Peter Tillemans, Philip Keller, Olaf Leidinger, Rafe Levine, and Vesa Kalavirta. If you'd like to sponsor the show, you can do so by pledging monthly at patreon.com slash neurostation, or by sending a one-off contribution my way using any of a number of services listed at neurostation.com. As always, thanks as well to all of the other sponsors, as well as to everyone who helps other people find the show, whether by just telling friends, by rating and reviewing on iTunes or other podcast directories, or by sharing it around on social media. You can find show notes for this episode, including links to docs and more for Rayon at neurastation.com slash show underscore notes slash C-Y-S-K slash Rayon. The show is on Twitter at Neurostation, and I am there at Chris Kreicho. Feel free to tweet at me with news, topic ideas, etc. You can also respond in the threads on the Rust user forums, Reddit, or Hacker News, or, and this is always my favorite, just send me an email at hello at neurostation.com. Until next time, happy coding. <laughs>